Welcome to the Human and Technology Podcast. This podcast is for anyone who develops, distributes or uses technology. For all those who always have the feeling that technology overwhelms or dominates them. For everyone who wants to know how to deal with technology in everyday life. For anyone who wants to understand what technology does to us and how we can get our lives back. This podcast is for those who want to make technology sexy. All the product developers, designers, UX, UI professionals, product managers, CTOs and CEOs. And it is for you. My name is Dr. Peter Reska. My friends call me Dr. Peter. I am your host and I am happy that you are here. Today's episode of the Human Technology Podcast is not so much about content. It's not about HMI, human machine interface knowledge, UX, UI knowledge. It is more about personality, about your standing, self-esteem, self-improvement. I mean, The term self-improvement um, has a little bit of a negative connotation. But at the end of the day, it is, um, yeah, that's uh, the only person we can really change is ourselves. So the idea that I can change my partner or my colleague or my boss, um, that's ridiculous. The only person you can really, really bring forward is yourself. And I experienced the overwhelming power of technology developers, of, of the techie guys in companies over and over again. First of all, they very often have the process on their side. They have the right um, switches and buttons, buttons and switches and organizations to push on. They, they are bigger numbers. They simply have more power because they have larger teams. From my experience, an HMI team in an automotive HMI development may have two or three professionals. And then you have 30 software developers alone. And that's not talking about hardware developers and so on. Just, just the software developers to realize an HMI. It's about a 1 to 10, 1 to 15 relationship. So these people, they have the power in large organizations and UX, UI development, user experience, user interface is a little more soft. It's a little diffuse. It's not 100% mathematical. And that's true. I mean, we all know that the most used phrase of UX, UI developers is it depends Usually, it is not possible to answer the question, well, which is the best solution? Which is the best HMI technology? Which is the best automotive HMIs we have in cars today? The answer is always, it depends. It's not a single simple answer to this, but uh, it depends on user group, on context, on yeah, different things. Um, usually, it's context that, that you have. So it's not easy to say this. And then um, very often it's seen as, oh, this is this psychological stuff. They're, they're a little different and they have a different approach. And uh, they see humans as humans and not as part of a technology. Hmm, not very well seen. 
And I've experienced that a couple of times in my professional life, a couple of statements that I have really, really heard. Um, one was from an automotive OEM when, when I was at an automotive supplier. He said to me, just because you fiddle around with the HMI, I don't sell a single car more. This is not very fresh. Probably today this person would see it in a different way. But at that time it was just like a big boom. It's just like, what? And I think he really meant it in the moment he said it. So no, I don't believe that uh, HMI in cars makes any kind of buying decision. We, we don't sell more cars because we have good HMIs. Or another one from a colleague uh, from, from technology development. I have more than enough problems. I don't need to add more problems just because I add an HMI designer. Well, maybe your problems uh, will not exist if you add an HMI designer because they are very good decision makers in early phases. They know how to kick off a project, how to inject the right ideas at a very early stage. And uh, you will get serious problems afterwards if you don't hire an HMI designer for your product. Another one, and that one was from a, a leading development guy from a um, company that produces specialized uh, radios, like uh, walkie-talkie kind of things. And they're used in uh, defense contexts by the military, but also by firefighters, police, uh, by, by rescue emergency persons. So it's that kind of user group. And, and they have this product, um, this, this radio, that allows them or bring, brings them up to a higher safety level. And he said, we can train the user. We don't need usability. And I mean, we, we, we all know that this is totally wrong. I mean, they, they are humans at the end of the day using it. And imagine that you have someone that is heavily under stress, a person that is in a combat and a person that is trying to fight a big fire, a person that needs to drive a car to a hospital with a person in the back um, that, that uh, is almost dead, then... Um, I mean, you will need usability. If you then need a special function in that context where you're in, where you're under stress, there cannot be enough training on this world to make it uh, possible that you use it. So I think exactly the wrong thing, particularly for products like this. Or another one that I totally love because it has this uh, chauvinistic taste in it. It is, do you know why there are so many women in HMI design? There is no money in it. And I mean, we don't need to talk about this one, right? So that, that, that is the first part um, why I think it is useful to think about how to position yourself in organizations. The second thing is that everybody has an opinion on HMI. And I mean, really mean everybody. And this is what we share with chefs, with architects, with product designers, with car designers. Humans develop feeling when, feelings when they see things or taste things, when they experience things. 
you see a building and you like it or you do not like it. You eat a, a dish and you like it or you don't like it. And it's, it's totally okay for you. And you need to be aware that even top managers, CTOs, CEOs, chief developers, they all are human in this way. And they see HMIs like this. They have a look at it and they say, hey, I like it. I don't like it. I can use it. I can't use it. And this is okay. I, I really like this because it, it, it shows me that the work I am doing, the thing I'm, I'm working on, that this is really relevant. This, this changes the views of people. I mean, how many people really care whether you have used tool A or tool B to implement an HMI solution? Who really cares which processor is in an electronic device, which operating system is in it? Only when it comes up to the surface, when it comes to the experience, to the part HMI designers, UX, UI designers work on, then it becomes interesting. Then you get in a reaction. And this is good, but it also causes problems. And we need to be aware that we as professionals, we know what the majority of users will accept and we can foresee it. And I mean, very often we need to test it. At the end of the day, we are the professionals that do not have a single view, that do not represent one view, but the majority of views on a certain technology. And based on these two things, the question, how can you cope with that? What, what are strategies to handle this? And for my side, there are two steps. And to name step number two first, It is facts, facts, facts. And I know that this is dry and it can be boring and it can be exhausting. But convincing others with facts, that is the second step that you should take into account. The initial step, the first one is putting yourself into a state, into a mindset that allows you to handle The fact that everybody knows what an HMI is and believes that he or she knows what the best solution is and the problem that within technology teams, you as an HMI designer may have a problematic standing. And I will, in this podcast episode, show you two processes and I will give you 10 tips and tricks how to work with this. Let's start with the first process that you should be aware of, that you can apply for yourself. And I have stolen that from Anthony Robbins, one of the big personality trainers out of the US. I don't follow him in any aspect, but he is a very smart guy. He's very convincing in the way he is talking. So if you have a chance to listen to his podcast or one of his audiobooks or read one of his books, do it. Um, it, it's definitely worth it. And he implemented a feedback loop with four steps. And these four steps, um, you can run through them over and over again. These four steps are potential, actions, results, and beliefs. And then it is a feedback loop from belief, it goes back to potential. Potential, actions, results, beliefs, potential, actions, results, and so on, and so on, and so on. 
And you can jump into this one at any stage. So that, let's start with potential. You have the feeling that you can make a real difference with a great HMI, with your work inside a company. We have, yeah, you say, I want to do something. And then you get into an action. And this action will lead to a result. And with a very high chance, it will be a positive result. We come later to the, to the point when it's a negative result, but probably it will be a positive result. This will influence your belief. It will tell you, hey, it works, great. Couldn't believe it, but hey, I made a change. And that raises your potential, the energy that you have to do something. This will lead to new actions, more actions, better actions. This will lead to new, better more advanced results and again it will be hey can't believe it great excellent i made a change which again raises your potential and so on and so on i think you understand this the idea behind this so it's a positive feedback loop that uh, you can apply and that will help you and the, the problem is you can use it in the negative way as well if you don't have any potential you will not perform any action or you will perform poor actions. This will lead to poor results or no results. This will indicate negative beliefs. I have told you it doesn't work. Yeah, I know I can do this. I have always known this. And then um, you will have a lower potential, even less and even worse actions, even less, even worse results. The beliefs will change. Yeah, it has never worked and I'm totally incompetent. I cannot do this. Which again lowers you. I think you get the idea, right? This is it. And it, and this is the core of this one. It is your decision whether you use this feedback loop in a positive way, whether you raise potential actions, results and get positive beliefs or whether you take the negative way. And I already said it, and I said it again. The only person you can change is yourself. And this is one thing you can change in yourself by saying, hey, I believe I can do it. This will raise your potential actions, and so on and so on. You can turn this negative feedback loop into a positive one. In one of my jobs a few years ago, I got stuck in the negative one. So yeah, I had the idea I cannot do anything here which lowered my potential. I didn't do any actions. I didn't have any serious, positive, good results. It created the belief in me, yes, I'm in the wrong position here and I will never get anything done. Lowered my potential, lowered actions. And I, I, experience, I know what I'm talking about. I, I had this in my professional life and it's really, it's not only killing your professional life, it is. It will be negative for everything that you do in your entire life. All right, this was the first process. The second one is a, a seven-step process. It has um, the steps orientation, decision-making, focus, discipline, mindfulness, fitting, individuality. And again, you can run this as a circle after individuality. You can go back to orientation. Let's start with the orientation. If you don't know why you do it, who else should it? 
If you don't know what to do, who else should? If you are not the professional that can design an HMI, that can create user experience, positive user experience, who else should do this? Second thing is decision-making. Make a generic decision and stick to it. You say, hey, I, I want to become an HMI designer. I want to make this world a better place with data technology. I want to make this specific technology at that specific company a better technology. I want to improve human lives with this. You make this generic decision and then you join this company or you work for this company. You start your own business working for all the Whatever you make as a generic decision, stick to it. And related to that is Stay on track until success. That is the focus that you have. And uh, Ia Graschkowitz, a German speaker, writer, author, Mr. Change, he interviewed me for his podcast and he asked me, what, what is the secret of your success, the secret of your business? Tell me in one sentence. And I replied, focus. So it was less than one sentence, it was a single word. And this means focus on what you do. Focus on your activities. And this is the big focus, yeah? the big decision-making. You say, I want to do this. But it's also the focus on the small things. Turn off your smartphones. Turn, on, uh, turn off your, your mailbox. So don't check your mails. Give yourself 20 minutes, 25 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour, where you say, okay, I'm going to do this right now. And I will do nothing else. Whatever comes up, my phone is on mute, my mails are off, and everything I'll do is this one thing until I get this one done. And you can do this in small things, but also in big things. And related to this is the next step, which is discipline. And discipline is always just like, oh, yeah, okay. But The only way out is going through the pain. Stay with this. If you make this decision, if you're in a focus, be disciplined. Stay with this. Run through. Deliver at the end of the day. Or at the end of the week. Or at the end of the month. Whenever there is a delivery date, keep it. Do it. Stay focused and stay disciplined. It's your thing. It's your life. It's your work. It's your delivery. Next one, mindfulness. Who is around me and how good are they for me? Or who is bad for me? Who are energy vampires? Who are time vampires? Who is just eating up my energy, my resources, my time without anything in return? I had a colleague at one company that was talking, talking, talking all day, was eating up all my energy, all my focus, And I decided this person is bad for me. And so I limited the communication with this particular guy to the very, very minimum, to the necessary only. And it's your decision. You need to find out who is around me and who is good for me. And I work with these and I try to limit the communication with everyone else. Next step, fitting. This is survival of the fittest. I said, make a generic decision, stick to it, be focused, be disciplined. 
This does not mean that you shall in any detail stick to whatever decision you once made. You have to fit, you have to adapt, you have to find out does it work or not. And if something doesn't work the way it is, or if it is not as efficient as you wish it to be, find something else. Find a different way of, of doing it. Find a different way of seeing it. Find a different way of handling it. And adapt on a constant uh, in a constant way, but never lose your focus and never question your generic decision-making. It's about the small things that you should adapt. And then at the end of the day, it's individuality. I mean, you are you. You are the only person that is you. And the HMI designers in big tech companies and car companies and automotive companies, we are the, the ones that are slightly different anyway. And so you are the message. You transfer it. Be you. And then you have the chance to deliver it. And after individuality, as I said, you can go back to orientation and run through this over and over again. And I mean, these steps are, they are somehow there. They are based on each other's, but they are somehow independent also. So you can jump into it wherever you want to and change whatever you want to. All right, so far the first part, the two processes that I want to give you to get a better standing in your organization to yeah, develop yourself forward to the person you want to be. The first one is the feedback loop consisting of potential actions, beliefs, and results. And then the seven steps, orientation, decision-making, focus, discipline, mindfulness, fitting, and individuality. I promised you 10 tips and tricks to... Yeah, move forward, to move yourself forward, to make yourself more visible, to make your output a better one, to make your work more relevant. And number one is take responsibility. And I love the word responsibility because it contains response. Yeah, responsibility is the ability to respond. So be able to respond. If you give away responsibility, then somebody else will respond. You cannot respond anymore if you don't have a responsibility. So keep it. Take it. Grab for it. That puts you in a position to be able to respond. And that's about you. And it's about only you. No one else. You can do this. And you can take, by taking responsibility, the Ability to respond. The second is raise your standards. Move from I should to I want. Move from one could do this and this to I will do this and this and this. There is no t-shirt saying I try to travel to Hawaii. I try to climb the Mount Everest. My, if, if there should be one out, tell me. But probably it's somehow, I don't know, sarcastic, funny, whatever. Henry Ford once said, you can't build a reputation on what you are going to do. Or to put it in different words, action speaks louder than words. So do it. Raise your standards and do it. Don't try to do it. Make a decision. 
and then do it. There's an artist called Beeble, B-E-E-P-L-E, and he said, I create every day one piece of art. And I mean every day. And he did it. He has, I would call it sprints maybe, times where he creates this on a daily basis. Then he has a little break and then again. And so you can go to his webpage, beeble-crap.com, And you can see this, and he has different rounds. And uh, yeah, he has almost 6,000 pieces of arts out there because every day he creates a piece of art. And some of them is great, some is so, so, so. A lot of this is pretty tasteless stuff, as I believe. But it's more about the process. It's the decision-making. It started with his decision. Every day I create a piece of art. So kill maybe, kill maybe out of your wording. Kill I should, could kill I one could or I could deliver, do it. And keep in mind, if you say yes to one thing, it usually means that you have at least one or more no's. So if you say yes to one thing, you usually say no to many other things. If you say, I want to start my own business in UX and UI, you may have to say no to parties on weekends, maybe even a no to a lot of family time in the beginning. So, yeah, and if you say, I want to create the best possible HMI, you have to say no to the fact that everybody loves you in a company because you will hit on the fingers of all the techie guys. Yeah? So one yes means usually more than one no. And don't fear the result. Don't fear the end. I feel this very often when I write a book or when I write a report or whatever, and I send it to the client, I send it to my editor, I publish it. It's like, hey, now I'm losing control. Now it's out there. Now it may stand on the cold, you know, I may have wind from the front. You get feedback. And this feedback may be negative. There may be people out there that say, no, I don't like it. I read your book and, and it just doesn't say anything to me. And many people fear this, fear this kind of feedback. And this is why they don't get their stuff done. But get it done. Don't fear the result. The result is your friend anyway. And to be honest, and I'll come back to this a little later, you will not always get positive feedback only. And if you get positive feedback only, there is something wrong. You can be sure. All right, number three, drop limiting beliefs. You are good enough. And the work with your beliefs, working on your deepest beliefs, that is a pretty hard thing, and I'm definitely not an expert in this one. We all have limiting beliefs in ourselves. So money spoils our character, or money makes us a bad person. Things like, I will never get this done. Nobody in my family has ever done something positive. I haven't done anything good in my life at all. Get rid. Drop these limiting beliefs. You are good enough. Change your mindset from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset. Stop thinking in limits and think in opportunities. 
A few days ago, I talked to one of my clients and, and we had the idea to add a display to one of his technologies. And he said, oh, well, I'm just an automotive supplier. I won't get any displays from the display suppliers. And I mean, what? We are on a very strategic level, very early. We're thinking about new ways of improving his product. And he says, well, uh, if, I, if I call it a display supplier, I won't get any displays. And this is limiting it. I mean, first of all, it's bullshit. But on the other side, even if it was true, it limits. There will be maybe at the end ways of, of, of doing this, of, of getting it done in a way. Yeah, so drop these limiting beliefs to move forward. Number four, face your fears. Face your fears because they only reflect your incompleteness. Fear is something good. It shows you where you have room for improvement, where is something wrong. I mean, fears were good in the Stone Age, hunters and collectors, and if the big tiger was coming, trying to eat you, of course, you need to have fear to survive. And we are all, we are all have our ancestors there in the Stone Age, and those ones that had the biggest fears survived. But many of these fears are useless today. You don't need to have them. And if they remain unaware, They will always disturb you and you will not know what it is and where it comes from. So look right into them, try to get rid of them, and if not, accept them. Number five, learn from defeats. Or, as somebody else said it, I never lose, either I win or I learn. Whatever happens, it happens for a good reason. And you can see this as a defeat. You can be shocked by it. You can be, uh, you can stop your activities, or you can say, "Hey, okay, um, I found out that it doesn't work this way, so I will try something else." And if again you fail or you do not get the results, you do not get the quality you want to have, try something else. And the more you do this, the more you learn the things that don't work, and at the end you will find something that works. And keep in mind, we value the things most we work hardest for. Whenever thing, something seems easy, it is not really having a value. If you run through a painful process and you fail, you have defeats, and you stand up and you do it again, and at the end you succeed, that is a sweet thing. That is something that is valuable. Number six. Stop being the nice girl or the nice boy. Go your own way. It's your life. And not everybody needs to love you. Present you the way you are. You're an outsider anyway. So why not keeping that one as an image? As a matter of self-communication. Keep in mind there are no fans without haters. If everybody loves you, you're doing something wrong. If everybody believes, hey, he or she, wow, good work, good job, then you're doing something wrong. Some will love you and some will hate you. And that is the fact that is true out there. If everybody loves you, you do not have a strong enough profile. You are not outstanding. You're not anyhow special or different. Every five-star feedback may indicate a one-star feedback for whatever you do.
Number seven, do it. And do it right. Focus. Focus, focus, focus. Focus on what you do. Focus on the quality. Be, deliver high quality in every moment. Be ready to deliver on an extremely high level. That's what it means to do it right. Somebody calls you. Oh, I don't know. I'm trying to call my, my, my car dealer for, for a maintenance of my car. First, nobody picks up the phone. Then I have somebody on the phone that is not really knowledgeable. Yeah, and so I need to try again. I need to call later. And I mean, this is not quality. This is not what you can deliver in every single moment. And realize you never know where your limit is. You're, you just know where it is not. So if you do something and if it's outstanding, if it really stretches you, but you get it done, you know, okay, I can do a little more. I can do a little more than this one. I can progress a little more. I can be a little more detailed. I can be whatever. And then you know, again, you will deliver this. You will do this. And you know, again, okay, here's not the limit. It is somewhere else. And again, try it, try it. So number seven, do it and do it right. Number eight, be positive. You decide that life is too short to suffer. And be positive does not mean that you believe everything is beautiful, everybody is nice, and the world is beautiful and pink. No, it is not. But if you find something that hinders you, if you find an, obst if you find an obstacle, if you face an issue, if you face a problem, see it as a challenge. See it positive. Hey, great, I can do this. And don't say, ah, oh, the world is so negative. It is, of course, in many aspects, but that should be the reason why you move on, why you do it better. If you believe, I don't have an impact on this company, be positive and say, okay, then I know I don't have an impact. I need to find ways to get impact, to have impact, to do things here. Believe in yourself. That is what means be positive. Don't paint it pink, but believe it. Believe in yourself. Number nine, karma. You get back what you seed. And you can see this in a pretty esoteric way. You can say, yes, mm, okay. I, I sent my wishes out to the universe and yeah, then I smile and then the universe will smile back to me and it may work. But it can be even more concrete. The things I do today, they influence my tomorrow. You're listening to this podcast. You're listening to the Human Technology Podcast. You're listening to this episode. And it may trigger your thinking. And tomorrow, you know, in a certain situation, what to do. Not giving up. Being focused. And if the, 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 the crazy thing, the dangerous thing is, that even the things you don't do have an influence. If you do not start a new education, if you do not make the decision to join a conference, if you do not discuss with an expert out of your field, out of your area, it also has an influence. But you may never know. And that's dangerous. If you say, hey, I don't listen to this podcast anymore, you will never know what you miss. So that, that is what I mean with karma. You get back what you see, and you do things today, and they will come back tomorrow. 
both in positive ways and negative ways. And number 10, the final one. I received a, an email newsletter from uh, Ilya Greschkowitz, who is an, uh, in Germany an author, a speaker, writer, Mr. Change. And um, yeah, I, I highly respect him for what he's doing. And he said in his newsletter, love it, change it, or leave it. Try to love what you do. If you don't love it, try to find out why don't I love it. And if you find a way to love it, love it, do it. It gets easier if you do things you love. And if you find it difficult, then change. Change the environment. Change your view. Change your way of, of working with things. Yeah? can change it. And if then you find out it still doesn't work, it's not a thing, leave it. It's always an opportunity to say, hey, I will leave it. And many people stay where they are because it's so comfortable. They're in their comfort zones with that. And leaving something, leaving a company, leaving a client is always or mostly leaving your comfort zone. And people don't like it. Be aware that this is a thing you can do. Yeah, so if, if you don't like the movie you're sitting in, stand up and go. If you don't like the book you're reading, close it and find another book. You have a limited time on this planet only. Don't waste it. All right, let's summarize the 10 steps I talked about. So number one is take responsibility. Be able to respond. Number two, raise your standards. Move from I should to I want. Number three, drop limiting beliefs. Number four, face your fears. Number five, learn from defeats. You never lose, either you win or you learn. Number six, stop being the nice girl or the nice boy. Number seven, do it and do it right. Number eight, be positive. Number nine, there is karma out there. And number ten, love it, change it, or leave it. One final statement from a guy you may know. He's called Elon Musk. He said, I believe everyone can make the decision to become an unconventional personality. And as much as I see Elon Musk critical and what he do what he does and how he does it, but he's absolutely right in this one. And this is a decision that you make. And you're unconventional anyway as an HMI UX UI designer in a technological environment. So you can remain unconventional or become even more unconventional. It's your choice, it's your decision. That's it for today. Thank you for spending time with me. I hope you were able to take something with you and do something for yourself that will be forever. For an ongoing exchange, you will find me on LinkedIn and on my websites, peter-rusker.com and beyond-hmi.de. Write me an email on the podcast at beyond-hmi.de
Tune in next time. Take care and stay healthy.